are as well. Let's take our Bibles tonight, Matthew chapter 20, as we uh, continue our study through the parables. And I was going through today the list of the ones I've taught through, and there's been more than what I thought. And I think we were now on about the 20th parable we've taught. And so a lot of uh, uh, awesome truths that the Lord's been teaching us as we do in this Bible study. Matthew chapter 20, tonight we're going to talk about the parable of the laborers in the vineyard. The laborers in the vineyard. So if you find your place, stand with me together as we read the Scripture. Uh, I'll read verses uh, 1 through 16, Matthew chapter 20, beginning in verse 1. The Bible says, For the kingdom of heaven is likened to a man that is an householder, which went out early in the morning to hire laborers into his vineyard. And when he had agreed with the laborers for a penny a day, he sent them into his vineyard. And he went out about the third hour and saw others standing idle in the marketplace, and said unto them, Go ye also into the vineyard, and whatsoever is right I will give you. And they went their way. Again, he went out about the sixth and ninth hour and did likewise. And about the eleventh hour he went out and found others standing idle, and saith unto them, Why stand ye here all the day idle? They say unto him, Because no man hath hired us. He saith unto them, Go ye also into the vineyard, and whatsoever is right, there shall ye receive. So when even was come, the Lord of the vineyard saith unto his steward, Call the laborers, and give them their hire, beginning from the last unto the first. And when they came that were hired about the eleventh hour, they received every man a penny. And when the first came, they supposed that they had, should receive more. And they likewise received every man a penny. And when they had received it, they murmured against the goodman of the house, saying, These last have wrought but one hour, and thou hast made them equal unto us, which have borne the burden and heat of the day. But he answered one of them and said, Friend, I do thee no wrong. Didst thou not agree with me for a penny? Take that as thine and go thy way. I will give unto this last, even as unto thee. Is it not lawful for me to do what I will with what with mine own? Is thine eye evil because I am good? So the last shall be first and the first last. For many be called, but few chosen. Let's pray. Lord, we love you tonight. Thank you for the Word of God, the truths of it. And Lord, I pray as we uh, uh, take just a few moments and look at your truths, God, I pray that you'd speak to us tonight. Holy Spirit, we ask that you'd be active in our midst. We want you here. We invite you here. And Lord, I pray that you would uh, impart truth to us, God, not just knowledge into our minds, Lord, but wisdom into our hearts so that we'll take the Word and apply it, Lord, and be like you said in Matthew chapter 7, Lord, like a house built upon a rock. So bless us, we pray, and we thank you now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Again, a parable is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. And Jesus, I love his style as he taught, uh, and uh, most of his teachings, a lot of his teachings, uh, were in parables. And uh, he did so because he liked people to think about what he was teaching. And by the way, that's good, amen, because uh, uh, sometimes if we're not careful, and uh, I, I get it, okay, I, I used to do the, I'm sure I used to do the same thing, but, you know, the preacher's preaching, and we get that glassy look in our eye, and, you know, we're thinking about what we're going to eat, after church or what we're going to do tomorrow. But listen, we ought to engage our minds as the Word of God's being preached and Word of God's being taught so that the wisdom, so the knowledge that goes in then can turn into wisdom. Amen? And so I love the style Jesus had. He was always getting people to think. So He tells the parable here of the laborers in the vineyard. Now the context of this parable goes back to Matthew chapter 19 and verse 27. Then answered Peter and said unto him, Behold, we have forsaken all and followed thee, what shall we have therefore? 
By the way, that's a fair question. I mean, you think about what these disciples did. When they said they forsook all, that's exactly what they did. I mean, that, that, that they literally took the trade that they had, what they provided for their families for, all that they had known, and they literally left it on the seashore to follow Jesus Christ. So it's not an unfair question. And Jesus answered it for them. Verse 28, Verily I say unto you, that ye which have followed me in the, genera- in the regeneration, when the Son of Man shall sit in the throne of His glory, ye also shall sit upon twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And every one that hath forsaken houses, or brethren, or sisters, or father, or mother, or wife, or children, or lands for my name's sake, shall receive an hundredfold, and shall inherit everlasting life. And so what he was trying to tell them is that there is a reward uh, for service to Christ. There's a reward for a life given to Him. And so uh, uh, that's the context, the background of this parable that Jesus was given when He was getting into the laborers in the vineyard. So let's get right into the parable. And uh, let's first of all uh, look at what everything represents in the parable. Uh, the householder there uh, in verse 1 uh, represents God. The laborers, of course, are we as Christians. Amen? The vineyard is the world. The idle servant is the inactivity of believers. The penny is the reward that God will give to His servants. The one day of work is the shortness of time to do the work of the Lord. The call to work is for all that are willing. The time to work is in all ages, all all of the church age, and the end of the day is when God will reward His servants. So that's the the interpretation as far as the the symbolism. Now let's get right into the practical truth of the parable. First and foremost, number one is this, the laborer is needed. Amen? The laborer is needed. Uh, Jesus, again, Matthew chapter 9, verse 37, uh, He says, the harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. And by the way, That was true in His day. It's still true in our day. Amen? Listen to me. Jesus Christ wouldn't have commissioned His church to do something if it wasn't possible for us to do it. Amen? The reason the world hasn't been reached with the gospel because we as the church of Jesus Christ has dropped the ball. Amen? And so uh, uh, the the need back then is still the need today, and that is the need for laborers. Laborers. Now, in in, in the parable, there were two kinds of people. Those that were laboring and those that were standing idle. And by the way, it's still true in churches today. Amen? And uh, there's those that labor and those that uh, tend not to be involved in labor. And again, folks, there's still a need to labor in the harvest fields. Amen. There's still a a need for for us to be busy as a church of Jesus Christ uh, in the vineyards. Amen. So the laborer is needed. How about this? The laborer's work is short. The laborer's work is short. It's pretty interesting when you, uh, I think I mentioned this on Sunday in my message, but you know, when we think of the Apostle Paul and we look at all that God used him to do and as far as writing those books of the, uh, of the New Testament, as far as being a missionary, being a preacher, being a church planner, all that he did, if you think about this, he did all that in 31 years. And you talk about a short time. I mean, what's 31 years uh, 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 when compared to eternity? And folks, I'll just say this. uh, When it comes to our work for the Lord, let me tell you something. It is short. You know why it's short? Because life is short. Amen? Now, you young people don't think life's short. But I'm telling you, life is short. Amen? It wasn't just yesterday uh, I was sitting where y'all sitting. And I I still have very clear, crystal clear memories of being just a young person sitting in church, listening to my pastor preach. And it's like, oh my goodness, now here I'm the one up in the pulpit preaching to the young people who used to be my age. 
Where does life go? I'll tell you where it goes. It's a vapor, amen, that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. So the laborer's work is short. By the way, the parable takes place in one day. By the way, one day as in 12 hours of a day. All right? And so it wasn't even a full 24-hour day. It was, it was a work day. And so the parable represents uh, the fact that the laborer's work is short. Uh, it's very interesting when you look at the different time slots mentioned in the parable. Uh, we mentioned the first hour. Of course, uh, back in the Jewish uh, days, the, the time was kept a little bit, little bit different than it is now. Uh, in fact, the first hour would have been 6 a.m. In fact, the Jewish day uh, started at sundown and ended at sundown. Okay, So it didn't start in the morning, go to the evening the way we start. It started in the evening and went to the morning, and so uh, it was it was backwards, but 6 a.m. would have been the first hour of the day, and uh, I believe that the different time slots represent two different things. First of all, I believe it represents uh, those as far as in the church age, and so you could say the 6 a.m. laborers were the apostles. Uh, the, uh, you know, 9 a.m. laborers would have been the, the first and second century Christians. Uh, the mid the midday laborers from noon to three could represented the, uh, those during the rest Reformation. And then we could say that the, the end of the workday represents Christians in the present time. And I, and I think that's appropriate. I think that's appropriate uh, uh, interpretation. But I also believe that it doesn't just represent a time period, but I believe it also represents a person's life as far as when they get saved. Yeah. By the way, you know what? Not everybody gets saved uh, at a young age. Praise God for those that do. And by the way, those that got saved later, I guarantee wish and wish they would have got saved earlier. Amen. But hey, praise God, we made it either way, right? But you know what? Maybe someone that's been brought up in church and got saved as, as a child, uh, they would represent someone that's been saved uh, in the first hour. And then there's folks that get saved in, in midlife. My, my, my grandfather was one of those. I tell you his story all the time. He got saved when he was 36 years old and uh, gave his first 36 years to the devil, gave his last 36 to God. Amen? And so he would have been represented by those that got saved in the middle of the day. But you know what? There's even people that get saved later in life. You know what? I mean, I, I personally have led folks to the Lord that's been in their 70s and 80s. And so listen, folks, uh, that, that represents the different time periods uh, when, when people uh, could get saved. And, and here's, here's what I like about that, amen? And this is kind of the truth we're going to get to in just a minute. But here's the thing, folks. Think about this, all right? And this is really the crux of the teaching here. No matter when you get saved... If you labor for the master, you're still going to get a reward. Amen? Whether you're a, a first-hour Christian, uh, whether you're a sixth-hour Christian or eleventh-hour Christian, if you will labor for the master, there's a reward there. Amen? We see the laborer's work is specific. Notice what we see several times through this parable. We see in verse 2 that he sent them. All right? Verse 4, he said to go ye also. Uh, verse 7, go ye also. And folks, let me just say, as you chase it all throughout the gospel, you can't get away from the fact that God expects for us as Christians to go. Amen? We got to get out there. We got to go into the vineyard. We got to work. Amen? I mean, folks, listen, I love the church house. I love being here. But you know what? Lost people aren't knocking down the doors to get in here. 
Right? We got to get out there and find them. Amen? Listen, if you're going to catch fish, you got to go to a fishing hole. All right? And my grandpa used to tell me, he's like, you're never going to kill a big buck uh, all tucked in your nice, uh, cozy, warm bed. He's like, you have 0% chance of killing a buck right there. You want to kill a monster buck? You better get out in the woods. Amen? You know what's true when it comes to laboring? We must go into the vineyard. And when we go to the vineyard, we're not just going, taking a leisurely stroll through the trees. Amen? We're out there to do something, and that is to gather fruit. Amen? Pick fruit. And folks, that is what we're to do as Christians. We're to go and we're to... The Bible tells us in several places uh, we're to uh, uh, produce fruit, we're to produce much fruit, more fruit, amen? That's what we're supposed to be doing as a Christian. We're to go out in the labors and we're to reproduce what God has done in us, amen? Now again, folks, I get it. We don't make people do anything, but we ought to be uh, out there trying to talk to them and, and try to, trying to persuade them and trying to at least give them the opportunity to come to Jesus Christ, Amen? Now, praise the Lord that the labor's work is rewarded. The labor's work is rewarded. You know, that's one thing about God that just is always kind of thought to myself, man, you know what? You know, everybody wants to say, you know, that's not fair. God's not treating me fair. Come on, are you kidding me? Let me tell you who's getting the short end of the deal when it comes to God-man's relationship. It ain't man, I can tell you that. God's the one getting the short end of the deal. I mean, think about this. He, he gave His only Son to save us from our sins. And when we didn't deserve it, amen? I mean, by the way, none of us deserve salvation, okay? All right, when we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, all right? And so He gave us Jesus, by the way, come to save us when we couldn't save ourselves. All right, he did all the work, amen. He came and died. He, and just by belief in him, we get to go to heaven and have a mansion and, and be with him forever. I mean, that in and of itself. I mean, that, that right there ought to be enough. But he takes it a step further. God says, I tell you what, you live a life for me. You, you give your, your temporal life on earth for me. I will bless your temporal life. I'll give you purpose in your temporal life. I'll give you joy in your temporal life. But guess what? It ain't over then because if you'll give it to me, I'll also reward you for eternity. You talk about not fair. God's the one that's getting the raw end of the deal. Amen? But you know what? He loves us. He cares for us. And that's the way He's allowed it to be. And I'm thankful for that. Amen? And I'll just say this. The laborer's work is going to be rewarded. Amen? He's going to reward us. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 8. Now he that planteth and he that watereth are one. And every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. You know what that's talking about? Specific. Amen? As in singular. So guess what? There are no collective rewards in heaven. Okay? Guess what? There's not going to be a collective White River Baptist Church participation award. Sorry. Ain't going to be there. Okay? I know our, our society is so politically correct. Everybody gets a participation prize. No, no. If, you, if you're going to get a reward in heaven, guess what? You're going to have to earn it. Amen? You're going to have to earn it. Shall receive His own reward according to His own labor. Now what's interesting about this parable, think about this for a minute. These early laborers, they started having an issue when it came to settling up with the, uh, with the landowner, with the uh, householder at the end of the day. And what, what I think is about interesting is because the first laborers, the, 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 the householder allowed them to set their wage. Think about that for a minute. Okay, He agreed with them. You know, so they negotiated 
And you know what? Who's not to say if they were negotiated higher, he was obviously desperate for laborers, that maybe he would have even paid them more. But you know what? They, they, they uh, kind of negotiated for their wage. And the, the, the wage they negotiated with, they were unhappy with. But think about this. Those who trusted the master for their wage were happy with their wage. Think about that for a minute. Amen? You know what that teaching us is this. Contentment in the Christian life is only found when we trust the Lord. Amen? Listen to me, folks. Just listen. That's why this whole faith thing, okay, it's not just a cute little cliche saying. Okay, oh, have faith, have faith. No, listen. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Okay? Listen, you can trust God with this stuff. I mean, you think really as a Christian, if you give your life to Jesus Christ in salvation and a life of consecration, you think one of these days in eternity we're going to get shortchanged? I mean, you think we're going to be walking around pouting because my mansion is not as big as I thought it would be. That really think how it's going to be? Are you kidding me? I mean, folks, listen. I have not seen, neither ear heard. Amen? I'm going to tell you, folks, you can trust God with your life, with your eternity, with everything in between. And those that were uh, trusted the Master, man, they found contentment uh, with what He had given them. And so, let me give you tonight, all right? Here you go. Here's here's the, uh, as I'm famous for saying, that was the introduction, amen? Here's the message, all right? Here's what I've entitled the truth tonight. How to receive a full reward. How to receive a full reward. The book of 2 John, verse 8, says this, Look to yourselves that we lose not those things which we have wrought, but that we may receive a full reward. Okay, now I don't know about you, all right? But if I'm going to do this thing called the Christian life, I want to do it all the way. Okay? I don't want to be half at it, okay? I mean, listen, folks, why? Why just be, why play a game? Okay? Why don't you just decide to get all in, give it your all, love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and just be all in when it comes to the Christian life. Amen? So you know what? If I'm going to do that, then I, 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 I want to give my all. And you know what? I want to receive, receive a full reward. And so if you're going to receive a full reward, you've got to do the things we learned in the parable in order to receive that. So what do we learn from that? Three simple practical points of application. Number one, don't be idle. Don't be idle. Okay? Again, what do we read about in that parable? Verse 6, about the eleventh hour he went out and found others standing idle. Amen? And saith unto them, Why stand ye here all the day idle? Okay, listen to me, folks. That uh, There's too much at stake for us as Christians not to be busy about things of eternal value. Okay, I get it. we got to live life. we got to pay our bills. we got to do the things that we do. But in the process of all that, we must be busy for the Master. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 8. Now, he that planteth, he that watereth are one. All right, and every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. So you know what he expects for us as Christians to do in this, in this temporal, short vapor of a life he's given us to live? Be busy for him, amen? Be busy for him. By the way, you don't have to be a pastor. You don't have to have a full-time uh, job at a church to be busy for the master. Amen. There are so many things we can do to impact people for eternity. 
So many things, all right? And uh, so let's, let's not be idle. How about this? Number two, don't compare yourself to others, okay? Now notice what it says here back in our text in Matthew chapter 20, verse 10 through 12. But when the first came, they supposed that they should have received more, and they likewise received every man a penny. By the way, a penny back then isn't like a penny today, all right? A penny would have been a full day's uh, 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 pay for labor, okay? Whatever the average pay for the day, the going rate was, that's what a penny represented, okay? It was a full day's labor. And when they had received it, notice this, they murmured against the goodman of the house, and these uh, uh, saying, these last have wrought but one hour, and thou hast made them equal unto us, which have borne the burden and heat of the day. They start comparing what they did to what somebody else did. Now listen to me, folks. You can't get into the comparing game in the Christian life. Okay? I mean, listen, we talked about it last week. We preached about the parable of the talents. How many talents were given? Some were given five, some were given two, some were given one. And the Bible says, according to their several ability. Okay? You know what? God has different things for different people. So listen, the standard is not each other. Okay, quit looking this direction and trying to figure out what this person's doing. Won't we look this direction? That's the only direction that matters, amen? Okay, listen, let's keep our hand to the plow. Quit looking what somebody else is doing, what somebody else is not doing. Don't compare yourself to them. Just get busy laboring, amen? And then we see this, the last uh, uh, point of application. It doesn't matter, man, this is good, don't miss this. It doesn't matter what hour you started in. Finish the work day. Amen? It doesn't matter what hour of the work day you started in. You know what? For some of you, you've started in the first, second, or third hour. And by the way, praise God for that. Amen? Praise God. These young people, parents that you've got here in church, and by the way, thank you for getting your kiddos in church. All right, they need to be here, amen. Every time the doors are open, they need to be here. And you're teaching them things. You're instilling stuff into their character. Praise God for that. You know what? Uh, they're going to, uh, Lord willing, uh, get saved at an early age. Uh, they're they're going to join. They're going to get uh, going in, in the early hours of the day. All right? But you know what? That's not everyone's case. But that's okay. It doesn't matter what hour you start in. Whether the first, third, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth, eleventh. Hey, I don't care if it's the 11th hour and, and, and 50th minute. Wherever you get involved in the workday, finish it. Amen? Finish it. Because it says, so what even was come. Guess what's coming, folks? Even's coming. Okay? The workday is soon going to be over. What was it Jesus said? I must work the works of Him that sent me wild as day, for the night cometh when no man shall work. You know what he was talking about? When that trumpet sounds, or we take our last breath on this earth, any time to labor for the Master, over. Done. No more opportunity. Amen? And so listen, wherever even's going to be for you, all right, no matter what part of the workday you started in, finish it. Amen? Finish it. Revelation chapter 2, verse 10, Jesus was talking to that church there uh, in Sardis that was suffering. And here's what he says, For fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison, that ye may be tried, and ye shall have tribulation ten days. Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. Now, the context of this is talking about a martyr's death per se. But listen, folks, whether or not you give your life through a martyr's death or just give your life one day at a time, be faithful unto death. Amen? That's the goal, faithful unto death. So it doesn't matter what hour you start in. Hey, the goal's the same. Finish the work day. 
Okay? And you know what? The work day is going to end not when the bell rings, when the trumpet sounds. Come on. Amen. Imagine ending to that sound, right? And so uh, let's make sure that we are good laborers in the vineyard of the Master. Let's pray.